Welcome to the Alma Cafe podcast. I am Peter Ahmad, frequent guest of this establishment. I'm joined by the multi-talented Jono Tate. Jono, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Good, Peter. I'm having a laugh at this. This is, this is good. This could be interesting. This could be fun. You said this morning you've been filming uh, music videos and yes. uh, showing me your fingers that you're saying are callous and sore. Yeah, I've been wearing a couple of different hats today. The first half of the day was spent in black jeans and a black shirt, and now I'm casual, doing doing armor work. It's really genuinely great to be here. We talked a bit about this towards the back end of the year, last year, 2022. And coming into 2023, the idea was to have a conversation on a regular basis, probably a monthly basis, coming together and talking about the events around this amazing establishment of yours, the Family Tate, the Alma Cafe, which has been a music... Family. Family Tate. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, <laughs> Family time. This has been a music establishment since when? That's our coffee machine. So you do uh, coffee as well as a music venue, yeah. correct? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we started doing the music in 2009, 2010. No one can quite remember anymore. But it was long enough ago that it sort of means something now i suppose and it was quite quite wild why we did when i say we i mean i was at school my folks bought the building to start up a little neighborhood coffee shop uh, it started out life as a general dealer hence the yeah. armor supply store corner cafe yeah many, totally. uh, many a suburb of south africa yeah yeah the family who'd had it before us decided they had enough uh, they'd been here for like 40 years and my folks bought it with the intention of turning it into a daytime coffee shop, bakery kind of thing. And that just did not work. And we kind of got to a point where we were about six weeks out from the bank foreclosing on our house. Really well. And a friend of my dad suggested, well, why don't you try doing some music? My dad, of course, having been a, a professional musician for 25, 30 years at that point, uh, my mom with a lot of catering experience, and they said, okay, well, let's do live music and food and see what happens. And within six weeks, that had taken off and our entire lives were sort of thrown into <laughs> disarray, one could say. And we found, we found what we're meant to do in this building, which is live music with food. And I've been doing it ever since. Obviously, um, 2020 was interesting, but I'm sure we'll get there at some point. But yeah, that's the, his <clears throat> the history of live music here. We kind of built it up slowly. We started off just standing in a corner with the speakers being put up and taken down. These days, they're hardwired in. We didn't have a stage to start off with. We didn't have a bar counter. We used to bring tables from, from our home and we had a knife, a fork and a cup and a bowl and a plate each at home and everything else was here. The house was quite empty for a couple of years while this place kind of took off. Then we started getting things together that we could start repopulating our house with, with furniture and cutlery and stuff. I don't remember much of this because I was, I was very young. I, you know, it started when I was at school. I'd just finished school the year the music started. And then I went into university and, of course, I was just carousing and partying and doing with 20-year-olds. Doesn't sound like the John I know. Do. <laughs> no. I've become an old man now. The thing with Alma, like, yes, it's been extremely hard work. Sure. But everything that's worked here has just flowed very organically. It's just kind of been part of the process. We haven't had to fight or push particularly hard anything except show up and work bloody hard. I, th I think that's sometimes what we as the <clears throat> as the audience don't appreciate. We come, the artists are here, set up ready, the sound is ready to go, the food is being served, the coffee, the 
the whole vibe. It's set up. It's it's hardwired. It's the experience of Alma that that people get. But that hard work that you described, making sure that you've got the stock in, making sure you've got the artists booked, making sure that everything is, is working. I mean, that must be in itself a, a busy week and a busy approach for, <laughs> for you and the family, right? Family Tate. Yeah. It's one of those things where, where, in the same way as it's very difficult for me to teach somebody how to play guitar because I just do it. I don't think about what goes into making it happen. Um, I, I can't break it down like that. I'd have to like really sit and think about all the things that I do in a day. There's a lot of work, but again, in a in a place like this where it's just small enough for the three of us to handle, we can kind of get we can kind of get by. We worked in a very Spanish manner. We come in here in the morning. We do like five hours, six hours work in the morning. Then we go home for a siesta for a couple of hours, and then come back in the evening and do another six hours. You know, so it's, it's an interesting way around. It also because because it's very much service industry, hospitality industry, and entertainment industry weighted. Our weeks are weird. We do Wednesdays to Sundays. Trying to have friends <laughs> is difficult. I can imagine. You know, phone up a mate on a Tuesday morning. Go, hey, like it's Sunday morning. Let's go to the beach. They're like, <laughs> my dude, I've been in the office for two hours. Like you're bugging me, bugger off. That's quite a, a notable feature of running a business like this is you're you're properly out of sync with 98% of the rest of society, at least the employed ones. When you're in a business like this where you're effectively, you know, you're working as an active service towards something bigger than yourself, you, you make that sacrifice because, hey, like, we don't want to close down another stage. There's enough of that in Cape Town. So I think I've just accepted that we run on a slightly different schedule to everyone else. What makes Alma special, the atmosphere, the approach to live music, the no backing tracks allowed on stage, that whole whole philosophy. That's one of the things that really I'd wanted to go a bit deeper into in the coming months when we do these podcasts, talk a bit about what makes this place so special. The idea is we'll come in, we'll talk a bit about who's played in the last month or so and who's booked to come. And maybe if we just take a step back to 2022, it was probably a really important year for Alma. You've talked about 2020 and the whole COVID disaster here in respect of everything from live music and hospitality to just trying to get through the day, forget about running a business. But last year, I guess, Jono, was the first time that you were coming back as a full year, full capacity and pretty much a full program. I mean, maybe your, your recollections on some of the highlights of that year, some of the people that you had coming through. We certainly had some cracking nights here uh, last year. But yeah, your, your recollections, as dizzy or busy as they might have been. Oh, mate. So I don't want to sound in any way dismissive. Um, there is a bit of a sense at this point, and, and it's something that, I, that I, I was quite cross with my dad about a few years ago. Where he's just like, buddy, it's just another fucking gig. But you do get to a point where you're in a, in a venue where there's three, four gigs a weekend, 44 weeks a year where it just kind of blends in. You ask me which gigs stand out, it's like, I don't know, man. Because I'm too busy in the back doing I'm just running around, around making sure that like everything's, because I mean, I just think of this place as processes and systems. So it's very difficult for me to think, oh, there was that band that played some great music. Let me tell you about a couple of shows okay. that to me were extremely special. I can remember that. Uh, I mean, you, you <laughs> were... I feel terrible <laughs> saying it. It's like, Jesus, that's the don't, worst possible marketing ever. I, I, I do hope that whoever's watching this, perhaps you've played here on this very stage <laughs> and will uh, we'll not hold it against against your host. Oh, God, but, yeah. But, John, I mean, one of them was yourself, right? One of them was yourself sat here with your dad on your left as we, as we sat here. 
and uh, John Ellis from previously from 363 went and did his solo thing and is doing some amazing work. You put together something that was I think originally was their the trios, which became the shambles. Yeah. That was a great night in terms of fun. It was clear that you brought in somebody who's very well known in the South African music industry in terms of his international career, in particularly in America with uh, that tree, 363 vibe. And you I put didn't something realize, I didn't realize until later on like that he'd actually cracked it pretty big. No, 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 they, they, so, make no mistake. Uh, <laughs> no, to me, it's just like, it's fucking John, you know? <laughs>
I've seen you here with Albert Frost. I've seen you with... To yeah. me, John Ellis is right up there in terms of the South African artist. You've done some mm. very special things. Now, I'm just saying, that was a great evening. You took something and you built something and you're continuing with that. Yeah. Uh, your th- thoughts on... that's... So I know this maybe sounds a little weird or, or sort of trying to lessen the impact of it, but as a musician, which I consider myself to still just about be first and foremost, I just consider musicians other musicians, if that makes sense. You know, sure. They're, they're just... Sure. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just... They're peers. They're dudes. They're just other dudes and other dudettes. And it's like, well, Kith, you know, are we going to be friends or are we going to be mortal enemies? I've met enough sort of... I suppose, you know, this the big musicians, the famous people now, to realize mostly what, what they appreciate more than anything else is you just being mates to them. And within the Alma ca- Cafe environment, it's providing a place to play, John. I think that's one of the things it's that... that. And they, they also love it that we shove them in the kitchen and say, that's where you bloody sit. You haven't got space out that's here. The green room. Green room is, <laughs> you come sit in the back and listen to us swear in the kitchen. You know, and they're like... Wow, this is like kind of rooty. We like it, you know. As one of the audience, I've seen many, many an artist walk in through that door over there, walk <laughs> through the kitchen. I thought there was a whole uh, no, dressing room back there, but nothing. clearly, clearly that's two chairs. Two chairs. There you go. <laughs> so once you hit one of those chairs, you've made it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you the one, the one show that I do that I do remember, and I think you guys were here as well. And this one, this one, I'll be honest, and I'm not too good at the humble thing. I felt quite good about this one when. Arno Carstens was, was here. Amazing, right? And <laughs> I mean, I felt quite sorry for the guy because he was like, oh, mate. And I, I don't feel sorry like as an oh shame, but because I completely resonated with him when we were sitting in the back and I'm chatting to Arno Carstens and going like, yeah, man, you know, normally you play the band and this and that. And he looks at me and he goes, dude, like, I'm going to be funny, but like, I fucking hate playing solo gigs. And I'm like, dude, I feel you. It's miserable. It sucks being alone on a stage. So the two of us really connected on both being singer-songwriters who get up and entertain people by ourselves, but neither of us enjoy it much. There's a reason he's the frontman of a rock and roll band. You know, he likes the band thing. And that turned into, because I had his, you know, I picked up his guitar and I played a bit and he's like, check me out. And he goes like, hey man, like, do you you want to come play? And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) And that's kind of just very, again, organically just rolled into, you know, the next time he came here, I was out on Cape Point with a girl. Literally, like, well, I wasn't supposed to work and I get a call at half past five. My dad's like, I'm so sorry to bug you, but like, Anna's arrived and he wants to know if he'll play because he wishes you would come and play. And he's a bit miffed that you're not here. So like, <laughs> are you going to play? And I'm like, I'm fucking in Cape Point. <laughs> Romantic. Like having a good time. Like a Joel. <laughs> but when Otto Carstens phones you, you fucking make the gig. You know? So I was like, okay, Mr. cool. Mr. New Girl is near to you. I mean, yeah. And oh. then we just had a great... And, and, and again, this is, this is something that, that I feel is very important to stress. I play that gig because playing with Otto is a lot of fun. For sure. He writes great songs. He's an amazing performer, a wonderful singer. But mostly, I get off with having fun with a dude on stage. Like the sure. two of us will be doing something he sings a good one and I look across and I go damn that was cool and you know I play something cool and he looks across and goes shit that was nice that's what's important to me is the fact that musically we connect and that's because the basis of it is that we connected in the kitchen at the back going it's really shit playing alone isn't it it's that personal connection I guess if anything makes makes Alma special it's that 
It's the fact that 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 with every, to now come back to what you were saying earlier, it's that everything here is laced with a personal and a love and a passion for what you do, right? I mean, we're not doing it for the bucks. I promise you that. <laughs> I, I mean, certainly not the yacht money. We're doing it. We get by, but it's, no, sure. we're not. We're, none of us are on yachts yet. Not yet, but I mean, time, time. This, all this podcast. Time. This podcast is there. <laughs> ten yeah. million on YouTube in two years. Come on. Ten million would be good. Ten million would be alright. Ten would be good to start with. You're going for ten million. Aim <laughs> high, and then if you fall short, you're still good. You mentioned Arno. I mean, Arno took the roof off this place. I think it was the first time he played here, right? Mm. Last year. And I mean, he took the roof off here. And, that and they first, played another four that, times. That first night, he couldn't. He just they wouldn't, wouldn't stop. He yeah, kept playing that and playing. That happened every other time. Absolutely <laughs> incredible night. I mean, you also had last year, you had Art Matthews, I think, yep. for the first time. You had yeah, Ross, yeah. Ross Learmouth yep. from Prime Circle. James Stewart been quite a regular, but he had been James away been for a while. James has been playing here for a long, long time, time, but there was quite a break, and then he hooked up with John Ennis as well. I must tell you this, and first time I was aware of the Alma Cafe was in Johannesburg. I was living in Johannesburg. How did you manage that, Pete? Huge Usual fan. I love oh, right. the Usual. Yeah. And so I heard that James Stewart was playing in Rosebank at a place called the Alma Cafe. So <laughs> I was like, where's this place in Rosebank, Johannesburg? Did you call us? I think I did probably send an email saying, please, can I have... And I probably got the thing back. You're going to have to travel. Fucking Rosebank, right? We've had that call. Either come by Kalula or not. You'd be surprised how many times we've had that call. And like literally people phone, like, hi, I want two tickets. I'm like, okay, cool. And then they go, just, just, by the way, where are you? Well, Alma Road. It's like, oh, where in Rosebank's that? Hang on, where are you phoning from? Like, oh, I'm in Melville. It's like, hmm. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, there, at least you, you, there's the national and there's in, you guys even had international artists here last, last year. I think it was the portraits. Uh, yes, here, where, the which portraits. Was, which was very special, a very interesting story behind their, their whole thing that came out that yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, they, oh. gee, they've been visiting us, what, seven or eight years now? We have a very cool songwriter who's been here twice now, I think, from England, Reg Miros, a proper English folk. He, he's so cool. Like, this is a chap who sells out Royal Albert Hall. Wow. And he somehow found us and came well, and played, and it was just like I've jaws been, dropping, you know. I've been to both. Yeah. And I know which one I would prefer. <laughs> See, I wouldn't mind playing Royal Albert Hall. Um, this time. time. Ah, gee. I need to practice more, mate. But yeah, I mean, so, so Reg is funny because his best mate is Pete Townsend. Wow. Yeah. The Pete Townsend. The, that one, yeah. Who's he? <laughs> I see what I did there. Oh, <laughs> oh no. That's horrid. Yeah, I wasn't very good. No, that was good. Um, <laughs> That's going to lose us, people. I'm man. trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with like a really good song pun, but it's not happening. So we we said to Reg, like, do us a favor and just like mention it to Pete that if he ever wants an acoustic gig, we'll sell forty tickets for him in Rosebank, Cape Town. I like crossing fingers. You never know what might happen. You know. I mean, Strange, probably, stranger things have happened. Mate, I'll uh, fucking fall. If Pete Townsend walks in here, he's like, oh, my mate Reg said I should come here. And I'll if, fuck, if, ah, if, if Rod Stewart visited the Celtic Club in Johannesburg around the corner from me, why wouldn't Jeez. Pete Townsend come and visit you in the Alma? Do you know who we have had here is Annie Lennox. Really? Mm. That, that I didn't know. Well, she she lives Tell here, right? Not to sing, but she's resident. She she lives in Cape Town four or five months a year. Her and her hubby have a place in Bantry Bay and... She's. I think she's been twice, actually, or just once. I can't remember. I, I, I just remember it because this, and this goes back right to the beginning. I was playing a gig that night in a club called, I can't remember, in Plumstead. 
popular, three I people. can't remember. Very, yeah. very popular with people. So I was still making that. <laughs> um, for three people. And I came back here afterwards and everyone, like the whole place was just buzzing. And I'm like, what's gone on? My dad's like, you're not going to believe who's here. I'm like, oh, who? And he learned that. Well, fuck. I missed that, you know, because I'm playing my like shitty little pub gig. Three people remember it very fondly, don't mm, I doubt it. They were not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jono, the whole purpose of this podcast is to say, Look back at what's been, and we've talked now a bit about 2022, but it's also look forward and and, and supplement. Let, let's have this right. You're on Instagram. You're on Facebook. Yes. Where It's as easy as that. Is Alma Cafe, Rosebank, people type in? Or? Uh, the.alma.cafe. Right. Um, and then the the best way to find things out is to, I think you're on the mailing list, right? Yeah. Um, is to sign up to the mailing list. And I've managed to pin a sign-up form to the top of our Facebook page. So we'll see how long that lasts. Because it between Facebook, well, Meta basically and and Mailchimp, they seem to change their protocols all the time. Welcome to 2023. Oh, man, and like I used to be a musician, right? Like I'm not too up on marketing and digital things. It's hard and annoying and not my favorite thing in the world. But anyway, somebody's got to do it. So, who's coming in Feb? Who, or who have you got for the balance of January? The idea is to get this this first episode out uh, before the end of January. But talk about who's coming and who's coming in February. So what have we got this weekend? Uh, the one that springs to mind is the Nobutle Ashanti uh, Quartet. No, well, she goes by the Ashanti tribe. Nobutle Ashanti, Sean Sanby, Jody Fredericks, yeah, and young, like the top echelon of the young jazzies in Cape Town. That's on Sunday, Friday night. Yes, we've got the Tom Petty tribute. Oh, and um, Tom Petty tribute featuring Basson Loebscher, myself, Richard of the place, uh, Nick Cato, and a youngster called James Smith, who is a phenomenal rock keyboard player. You're going to fit all of those guys on this stage, right? Okay. We'll take some footage and we'll we'll, we'll show what it's about. Listen, we had a 12-piece chamber orchestra in here. Really? Yeah. And then last year, in fact, we had a 15-piece jazz orchestra in here. God, the audience is a bit smaller. <laughs> you could fit the musicians in, but it's How terrible. did you fit them on the two, the two, two chairs in the green room, man? We, when the bands are a bit big and the venues a bit small, we just say to the to the musicians like, "Hey guys, Fat Cactus is like half a click down the road. Go have a drink. Come back at like quarter past seven, and we'll get the gig going." The other lack one is Lonesome Dave Ferguson. Lonesome Dave, boxing, yeah. looping harmonica virtuoso Brilliant. Dave Ferguson on Saturday night. Um, so that's the weekend. Petty, Ferguson, so, and Ashanti tribe. So by the time this comes out, you'll have had all those through your door. Who's Who else is coming? Okay, so the next weekend, which is the first weekend of Feb, we've got um, the Betsy Beers. Well, they're now the Betsies, I believe. Fantastic, like, bluegrass country, traditional country, bluegrass, folk, Americana. Um, two sisters. It's in beautiful harmonies. It's banjo. It's acoustic guitars. It's dum 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 bass, Telecaster fiddle, uh, slide guitar, drums. Beautiful, beautiful band. Really cool. So they're coming in on the third. The fourth, we've got Edie Niederlander, a legendary South African songwriter. Tickets are actually almost sold out for that one already. Fantastic. And then on the fifth, we just booked today. We've got Hatchet Man coming back Wait. on the fifth. So Hatchet Man's your band, right? Yes. And your, your colleagues on there? Uh, Nick and Matt Catter, the brothers Catter, part of the Blundell clan. Any chance we'll see the famous uh, Beatles uh, rendition of the Hatchet Man? The Beatles are going to struggle to cover Hatchet Man these days. There's only two of them oh, left. There you go. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's not quite what I meant, but anyway. 
Hatchet Man do a mean Beatles uh, cover cover version. We actually, yeah, we we I sent them a challenge the other day. Um, I want us to get the cause together. The cause together. Because the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just wild harmonies. So we're gonna probably not for Sunday, but anyway. Then a couple of other good ones. Uh, you mentioned Wendy Oldfield, who oh. you'd seen here with Robin Old. Amazing. One of the great, uh, something brand new to me. Yeah. I didn't know Sweatband. I didn't know Robin Hate <laughs> stuff. It was awesome. I, great yeah. Mate. I mean, that's, that's, a, that, that's cool for me that you brought that up because, again, for me, I mean, I've kind of grown up yeah, with just, Wendy and Robin now. Like, cool. They're just, I mean, I, know, I understand they're phenomenal musicians. They were huge in the 80s. But when you bring it up going, I've never seen them or heard of them. And I walked in and watched the two of them. I go like, that blew your fucking mind. Like, I know how good they are. I'm just used to it. But knowing what that must seem like and look like to somebody who's got no idea, it's, it must be nuts. Because they, you know, they're 30, 40 year, like rock star, brilliant musician veterans.
if somebody can confirm this, whether it's Wendy or anybody who knows, my understanding was Sweatband back in the day supported Black Sabbath at Sun City. I'd love that to be confirmed. That was my understanding. Cool. Maybe maybe I've got it wrong, but uh, yeah, I'd be Sabbath really appearing. You didn't know Black Sabbath was here? No. Wow, I was you need to go and check your set lists on, uh, on setlist.co.com. <laughs> they were here. That's I think how you spend your Sundays, after. Huh? Well, They were here after. Yeah, I, Sunday I got nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a nap. <laughs> go, go and check the Queen set list and go and check Black Sabbath. Okay, all right. I can't remember. It wasn't Ozzy Osbourne or James Dio. It was, what, it was somebody else was who was singing, but it was oh. Black Sabbath. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, gee, that's crazy. Mr. Iommi, I think, was here. Oh, wow. He's all right. No, he's a, he can play. He's a, <laughs> good play. <yeah. laughs> Jokes, incredible. So Wendy Oldfield is back, but this Excellent. time with another wonderful South African legend, Lionel Bastos, guitar player. So Wendy and, and Lionel do a phenomenal gig together as well. Wendy on her, oh yeah, on, on the drum, yep. Yeah. Lionel on guitar, and then and this one I'm excited about because I just landed it like two days ago. A band called the Stone Jets. Two guys, Manny and Given. I've just known them forever on the scene. They're basically peers of mine. We kind of all came up together and grew up together playing the same shitty dive bars 10 years ago. And they kept it together and then got the opportunity in 2019 to move across to London and go and do the band in London where they're making a great success. Fantastic. And then they got stuck there because COVID. Because so COVID. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. And in an episode down the line. Different one. And they, <laughs> and they haven't been able to come back since. So this is the first time they're back in the country and they booked one gig. And then I caught wind of it and I went, I want one. So I managed to get hold of them and it's like, dude, please come and play Alma. Stonejays. Yeah. So I've got the duo. They're just playing an acoustic duo. It's going to be like down to like back to their roots and playing here on the 11th of Feb. And... I have not even published the fact that they're playing here yet, and nor have they, and I already have bookings. I don't know how that happens. I think you might have two more just now, mate. But, <laughs> yeah, so I'm re- I mean, given, yeah, if you haven't heard given sing, well. So Stone, St- Stone Jets, that's Stone one Jets. for Spotify and the YouTube playlist yeah. or beyond the Alma Cafe podcast. Yeah, I think right? I've got some records up, yeah. I'm terribly excited. Oh, and then the last one, which is also going to book out a hell of a quickly, Neil Sanderlands. So Neil Sanderlands is a South African actor who's cracked it in Hollywood, has decided to turn his hand to being a musician because he was in a TV. <laughs> this is a great story. He got cast in a show where he was a singer-songwriter. So he methoded the fuck out of it and became a singer-songwriter, linked up with Theo Kras, recorded his album, got a Sama nomination for it, <laughs> decided he would like to play his music, hired Skark Hubert and Albert Frost to play his music. <laughs> Skark said, I think the best venue for you to try this out the first time would be the Alma Cafe. We got completely inundated with, with requests because the guy's like quite well-known outside of just music. He's a very well-known Afrikaans, in the Afrikaans scene, just celebrity. Really. This, is the, this is the Jared Leto of... I mean, of, sh- no, 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 no. Neil's South cool. Africa. No, Neil's cool. <laughs> Neil's cool. He's not a religious weirdo. Um, he's got a, and he had a great beard. And yeah, so he rocked up here and now he's finishing off his second album with Theo. Uh, he's going on tour in February with uh, Skalk and Albert. They've got Whoa, like amazing. 10 dates across the country. 
Um, they've got a sound guy touring with them now, and I just phoned him up. I'm like, hey, Neil's like, how's about Armour? He's like, cool, we'll close off our tour there to come and just finish the whole story, like where we started the whole idea. We're now an album or two albums down the line, same guys, and we'll come back and we'll actually be able to play the gig. And I'm okay, cool. So that's the 20 something of Feb. It's towards the back end of Feb, but that's very exciting as well. Well, it sounds like you've got a full program, and again, it will it, it will adapt. It will change. I was going to say I've managed to I've managed to like fill a month with six names. You've you've, you've done well there, and uh, <laughs> I think the best what I can say is the best way to do this is to get on the main list, to get on the Facebook and the Instagram, where though where typically you see the posts also from the from the bands themselves. But Jono, I think let's call it there. This has been a great way to open up the pilot is episode. It's this of, easy. It's this easy, but what we do, we come together right. on your day off. <laughs> you spend your time. <laughs> Uh, talking about I mean, what you've got honestly, coming. I was going to lie on my bed and fucking doom scroll Instagram. This is great. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, to the beach. All the best for the my year. Friend, thank you. Thanks for your time. All cool. the best to your family. We'll see you. Look forward to catching up with you next month. Fantastic. Cheers, In fact, we'll see you Friday. Tom okay. Petty. Cheers. <laughs>